church and let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we come before you and I thank you so much for allowing us to gather together, Lord, to fight the elements, to venture out because we're so hungry and thirsty, not just to learn your word, Lord, but to fellowship with one another. Father, um, we do need each other as much as we need you. And Father, we, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to come and be in your house today, Lord. And I just pray safety over our families and our homes, Lord, that you will um, protect us, Lord, from the, the weather and the ice and whatever comes our way, Lord, that we will be able to handle it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So I get my glasses on with this. All right, so we're lesson 11, Romans chapter 8. I get to go 1 through 17. At first I thought I was doing the whole chapter again, and, and nope. So I just got 17. And so let's go look at the overview. Um, if anyone is wrestling with depression... I have good news for you. Romans 8 is the true antidote for depression. When a person is going through depression, it is always in one of three areas. We are either haunted by something in our past, anxious about something in our future, or weighed down by something presently. As we see the perfect solution already in verse 1 stating we can no longer be separated from God's love in the future. And again in verse 28 states that all things are working together for good in the present. When we really believe this, there is no room for depression. And if we embrace it, we will experience the alleviation of the depressed spirit that inflicts us so easily. So verse 1, we're going to read, I have the New Living Translation. Some of the ladies were asking me last time. Um, It reads very, very easy, Um, so follow along. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. For the power of the Life-giving spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses could not save us because our sinful nature, but God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours is sinful God destroyed sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the requirement of the law would be fully accomplished for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. The spirit. Um, we're, looking, we're looking at those verses and what... Um, What I would like to look at is the woman that was accused of adultery. Jesus said, where are thine accusers? Go your own way and sin no more. And that's found in John 8, 10, and 11. 
When we are in all honesty saying to the Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but realize you are my Savior and what you did on the cross is sufficient to pay the price for my sin, then you can go your way free. Go your way and sin no more. That is the key. I really believe Jesus was compassionate and wasn't letting her off the hook this time. But if it happens again, you'll be in big trouble. No, no, no. I believe he was saying, go your way, free woman. For by the word I'm sharing with you in love, I'm sharing to you. I'm giving you the liberation of the tendency to indulge your flesh and freeing you to live an entirely different lifestyle. I believe this put a smile on Jesus' face and not a finger in her face as he said it. The law of sin and death is three parts, Satan, the flesh, and the world. If we allow any part to take hold, we are letting it live with meaning, taking root in your life. If there was no Satan, no problem. But because I live in a world controlled by Satan, and if you are without the Lord, you are subject to the law of sin and death. We are only free from this by allowing Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to reign and rule in our lives and to overcome the law of sin and death. Verse 3 and 4 states, The weakness of the law lies in the fact that we can't keep it. I'm going to pray for three hours every morning and write in my journal. And I will read my Bible every night. Sooner or later, you'll find the weakness lies not in the commitments, but in your flesh. As the Spirit guides, leads us daily, corrects us constantly, and frees us. Verse 5 and 6. To be carnal-minded is death. Where can we eat now? What new hobby can we enjoy? Or what vacation can we take? Always wanting to please your flesh. Living in the flesh is synonymous with committing blatant sins, giving priority to the things of the material realm. Um, Let's go ahead and read verse 5. Five and six. I just, I just did five and six. That's okay. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death, but the Holy Spirit controls your mind. There is life and peace. <clears throat> For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Excuse me. So verse 7 and 8 is saying um, that we, we have just as King Solomon thought of love of money could bring him peace and joy. It has no value in God's kingdom. Money is not the answer. He had more money than he knew what to do with. And he was still unhappy and satisfied. Solomon finally did figure it all out 
after Paul witnessed to him and preached the true gospel. See Ecclesiastics 12.13. Ask yourself this question. What has been ruling your soul? Flesh or God's spirit? Will you choose flesh and never be satisfied? Or choose to live in the spirit and know life and peace eternally and presently? Um, reading verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them are not Christians at all. Since Christ lives within you, even though your body will die because of sin, your spirit is alive because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as he raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body by the same Spirit living within you. Verse 9 is saying that dwelling means to be at home. And the Spirit of God is within you. It is he you are abiding in Jesus. Verse 10 and 12. How are we to deal with these sinful tendencies, carnal activities, habits, and thoughts? The spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead is, <clears throat> is in us, and he will live his life through us. Um, verse 12 and 13. So, dear brothers and sisters... You have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you keep on following it, you will perish. But if you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you turn from it and its evil deeds, you will live. The way to gain victory over whatever it is you're struggling with is not to try to topple the dragon, but to bring it to the ark which represents the presence of God. Whatever your dragon might be, bring it to the Spirit of the Lord. Give your life to Jesus and allow him to rule and reign in your heart. We should not try to fight the battle that belongs to the Lord. Fourteen. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you should not be like cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him Father, dear Father. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we will share his treasures. For everything God gives to his son Christ is ours too. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. God gives you victory over your flesh. The spirit of God will give guidance in life. People struggle so hard with finding God. Well, yet it's so simple. Psalms 37, if you want to read that later. 
Abba is an Aramaic for Papa Daddy. What do you want me to do today, Daddy? He will lead our path by the spirit of adoption. God is our Father. He is our Papa. Therefore, there is really no need to fear. As adopted sons and daughters, the suffering we experience presently is for the purpose of adapting us spiritually and will one day disappear totally in light of the glory we will partake eternally.